The LA Kings closed out 2022 with a disappointing defeat. We'll break down the loss to the Flyers and another tough outing for Jonathan Quick. We'll also take a quick look ahead to what's coming up in the next few days in 2023. All that on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. We're around 1,060 subscribers. Let's see if we can get up, get that up to 1,100 by the end of this month. New year, got to have some new goals. My name is Eddie Garcia. I'm your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, for the past 20-plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. Hope everybody had a fun and safe New Year's celebration. As for the Kings, they played their last game of 2022 on Saturday, New Year's Eve, against the Philadelphia Flyers. Let's check the lineup for the Kings in this game as we get set to recap that contest. The top line of Andre Kopitar at center with Adrian Kempe and Quinton Byfield on the wings. We had Philip Deneau centering the second line, Victor Arvidsson and Alex Ayafalo on his wings. Blake Lazat was centering the third line with Gabe Velarde and Kevin Fiala. And the fourth line was centered by Rasmus Kupari, Carl Grundstrom, and Jarrett Anderson Dolan were his wingers. The defensive pairings were Mikey Anderson and Drew Doughty, Sean Dursey and Matt Roy, Alex Edler, and Sean Walker. And the goaltender, was Jonathan Quick. Scratches were Trevor Moore, Brendan Lemieux, and Jordan Spence, and Arthur Kaliev is still on IR retroactive, so he could come off at any time, and Trevor Moore also expected to be day-to-day as well with that minor injury, so we could see him as soon as Tuesday. Uh, we saw Quinton Byfield on the wing on the top line and Kevin Fiala down on the third line in the third period of the Kings' win over Colorado um, interesting that Todd McClellan um, didn't just use that as a kind of a one period, let's kind of shuffle the lines and get things going kind of a thing. Um, he's going to use this for at least to start the game against Philadelphia. And I don't mind Fiala on the third line. I'm not sure, though, about Byfield on the top line and also ask him to switch from center to wing. Um, I don't know if that's I know that. The, the Kings are looking for something to kind of get that top line going a little bit more. And also they'd love to get Quentin Byfield going a little bit more as he has returned to the lineup. I'm not sure though, if playing him on the wing on the top line is that formula. Um, but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how long this experiment lasts and if it's effective or not. Hey, big congratulations to LA Kings defenseman, Alex Edler, who played in his 1000th career game on Saturday. That is an amazing milestone. Uh, he's one of nine active NHL defensemen to have played in a thousand games. Drew Doughty of the Kings is one of them. Also, former King Jack Johnson is on that list as well. So, again, big congrats to Alex Edler on his 1,000th career game, and they'll have a ceremony for him before the game on Tuesday. Um, seemed like a good spot to start Jonathan Quick, give Phoenix Copley a chance to rest up with some big games coming up ahead, which we'll talk about more in a bit. Uh, as for the game itself, um, the Flyers uh, and Kings um, – didn't really start off well. 
the Kings had good starts in those big back-to-back wins over Vegas and Colorado, but that wasn't the case in this one. Kind of a sloppy start for the Kings, but eventually the Kings would start to get their game going and were helped out by winning a lot of face-offs. Uh, eventually, Kevin Fiala would draw a tripping penalty, almost, followed almost immediately by Alex Iafalo drawing a tripping penalty, and the Kings would have an extended five-on-three power play chance. The Kings' first power play unit, the Kopitar unit, started, and they would get a goal in the first minute with the two-man advantage. Adrian Kempe scoring on a one-timer from the right face-off dot, and the Kings would grab a one nothing lead. Unfortunately, LA could not add to that lead with about 50 more seconds of power play time on that second minor, uh, but they do get the one power play goal. Later, LA's Carl Grundstrom was called for interference, and Philadelphia had a chance to even up the game with a power play goal of their own, which unfortunately they did. Uh, the Kings did not help themselves out by losing two face-offs in their own zone, and even though the Kings were able to get a stoppage on a Jonathan Quick um, covering of the puck, uh, the Flyers would end up holding the puck in the Kings' zone for almost a full minute before finally scoring on a slap shot from the right face-off dot, and we were tied at 1-1. L.A. would respond less than a minute later, and it was the Kings' second line that has been so good lately that helped them to reclaim the lead. Philip Deneau would get the puck in the Kings' end, skated to the blue line, uh, pass it to his right to the center of the ice to Victor Arvidsson, who gave it almost immediately right back to him, a give-and-go. Deneau with speed and a really nice pass ahead of him to skate to the puck, catch up to it, and be in a good position to score, and he would blast home a shot to give the Kings a 2-1 advantage, and that's where they would be after one period, although they did have more chances to add to the lead, two more power plays in that first period. There was a slashing call against Gabe Velarde, a tripping call against Quinton Byfield, but the Kings failed to extend their lead and again led 2-1 after one. In the second period, it looked like both teams had started their New Year's celebrations a little bit early uh, in intermission, maybe. It was very sloppy and sluggish uh, for both sides. Um, but it would be the Flyers who would get the lone goal of the period. Kevin Fiala let one of the Flyers skate around him in the King zone. He let up the wrist, let off a wrist shot from the right faceoff dot high into the top corner of the net. Jonathan Quick had dropped down, and we were even at two two. The Kings only had seven shots on goal in that second period. The Flyers only had five. As for the third period. The Kings would step up their game, play a much better third than they did the second, and they got a big opportunity with about seven minutes to go, but disaster struck. After Adrian Kempe drew a high-sticking penalty, the Kings not only failed to score to get the lead, they gave up a shorthanded goal on a shot from near the blue line, a seeing-eye shot that went past quick into the upper part of the net, didn't look like he was screened much, didn't look like there was any deflection. The Flyers would then add an empty net goal and skate off with a very disappointing, at least for the Kings, 4-2 uh, victory. Kings outshot the Flyers 29-23 in the game. L.A. was by far the better team in the faceoff circle, winning 61.4% of the draws. However, the Flyers uh, helped to get the win by getting the hard stats. Uh, they outhit the Kings 38-20. They bested the Kings in block shots 22-11. The Kings special teams were not an asset in this one, going 1-5 for five on the power play while also giving up a shorthanded goal. L.A. also allowed a power play goal on three shorthanded opportunities. Jonathan Quick took the loss. He allowed three goals on 22 shots. Adrian Kempe did score his 14th of the season. Philip Deneau, his 12th. And for Deneau, he extended his point streak to seven games in a row. No one had a multi-point game for the Kings, who fell to 21, 13, and 6 as their seven-game point streak came to an end. 
Uh, this was clearly not the result that we expected. So what happened and how concerned should we be with Jonathan Quick? Well, we're going to talk about that next. But first, I need to let you know that this episode of Locked on LA Kings is brought to you by Athletic Greens. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, focus, and recovery. AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, and it costs you less than $3 a day. It's just one scoop and a cup of water. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make things easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So the Kings followed up what I thought were their best back-to-back wins of the season by losing to a bad team at home with a rookie goalie, Samuel Urson, in net. And that's a bad loss, any way you slice it. Uh, the Flyers had gone 23 straight games without posting back-to-back wins. That was before beating the Sharks and then the Kings on Saturday. So I'm trying to come up with some reasons for that performance. Um, an afternoon start, which the Kings don't do a lot of, uh, facing a goalie that they didn't know much about. I think this was just his third appearance, second start in the NHL. And, you know, it wasn't like the Flyers, though, suddenly found their game and played outstanding. They were okay. Um, they played hard, but... I guess maybe the best explanation is that the Kings were due for a bad game, a bad uh, performance. It just wasn't what we expected, um, and especially against that team, to be honest with you. Goaltending, though, is a part of it. And as I said before, I thought this was a good spot to get Jonathan Quick back in net against a lesser team at home with the way the Kings have been playing of late. Um, the team in front of him didn't play great, but neither did Quick. He didn't see much action in the game throughout um, there weren't a lot of really high quality scoring chances against him, but he let in a few goals that frankly need to be stopped. The first goal came on a pretty solid slap shot on a power play. I'll give him a pass on that one. The second and third goals, however, were not good. Now, granted Kevin Fiala didn't play much defense on that second goal, but quick is known for dropping down too early. And I thought he did it on that second goal. The book on quick is shoot high. And sure enough, the player came in in a pretty dangerous situation, quick drop down, and he had time to pick a corner, and that's exactly what he did. The third goal, though, the game-winning goal, was by far the worst. To be blunt, it was a nothing shot from a nothing player. Noah Cates is the man who scored, and he himself said afterwards that he wasn't really trying to score. The quote was, quote, I just wanted to hop up and kill time. We had a couple of drivers go to the net, and I sifted one through a screen or whatever end quote. Yeah, sounds like a real sniper. Uh, I know the old cliche is that if you're shooting, you're dangerous and you never know what's going to happen when you put the puck on net. Um, but to give up a shorthanded goal from just inside the blue line to a guy that isn't a goal scorer, that's a bad goal. Um, and it, it wasn't clear on the replay. I was at the game, um, came home and watched it afterwards just to make sure I saw everything I thought I saw. And didn't see much of a screen, maybe slightly. There didn't appear to be a deflection. If there was one, it was the tiniest of deflections. Um, bottom line is, it was a well-placed shot. But again, from that far out in that situation, 
that's one you just hate to see. And that ends up being the game-winning goal. Uh, for Jonathan Quick, he's now appeared in 23 games this season. His record is 8-9-4, and four, a 3.40 goals against average, and 8.84 save percentage. He has not won since December 1st. He is currently riding a five-game losing streak. He's allowed 19 goals in those five games. That's almost four per game. We all love Jonathan Quick. We all want to see his career. If this is his last year in L.A., end well. But right now, it is hard to see him turning things around considering the situation he's in. He's not going to get much time in net anytime soon, it would appear, because of the way Phoenix Copley is playing, or maybe even better put, the way Phoenix Copley is playing and the team is playing around him. And what do the Kings do if Cal Peterson suddenly starts to really find his game in the AHL? I mean, Quick is an all-time great. He is a pro. I have no doubt he will battle. He's going to do the best he can to try and turn things around. But it is not looking good right now. And I know a lot of us kind of fear um, an ending that we do not want to see. Um, I don't know what the Kings will do. If Phoenix Copley keeps winning and Cal Peterson finds his game in the AHL, what are they going to do with Jonathan Quick? Um, hopefully, he can right the ship and things will turn around. But again, it's not like he's going to get a bunch of starts to try and get back on track. I don't know how often Jonathan Quick has sat with the baseball cap on, on the bench, and watched a lot of games. Um, so that appears it's going to be the case for now. Can he get back on track just by doing things in practice, working with goalie coach Bill Ranford? We hope so. Well, we'll have to wait and see, but it it doesn't look encouraging right now. And uh, I think we're all we kind of don't want to say what we're thinking in that it looks like that this is the end and it looks like it's not going to end good. But we'll see that 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 final chapter hasn't been written, but uh, things are not going well for Jonathan Quick at the moment. And again, what could be his his final season as an L.A. King? But we shall see. Like I said, I know he's going to be a pro. I know he's going to work, um, but that's got I've never played goal. It's got to be hard, though to be in a slump and then not be able to work your way out of it because you're not really playing. So we'll see how that goes. Jonathan Quick's in an unfamiliar position, an unfamiliar situation in his career, maybe early on in his career. I honestly don't recall if he was the primary backup for a while and then had to win the job to, to find the net, but that was a long time ago. Um, and uh, he has not been in that situation anytime soon. Uh, the Kings special teams were not very special against Philadelphia, which also goes against how the Kings had played of late. Uh, the Kings had several chances to get key goals with the man advantage to get back in the game or get the lead, and they did not get the job done. We talked about Quentin Byfield playing on the top line. Uh, QB finished with no points against the Flyers. He was a minus one. He had one shot on goal, one block shot in 14 minutes and 55 seconds of ice time. He did draw a tripping penalty in the first period, had a decent scoring chance in the second period when he crashed the net after an Adrian Kempe shot on goal. Um, also in the second period, he had a pretty nice setup for Andre Kopitar, who failed to get off a shot. Um, we'll see how long this experiment lasts. Uh, to be fair, Quentin Byfield would need more time on that line with Kempe and Kopitar to try and develop some chemistry and playing on the wing again. Um, but I'm not sure if now is the right time to experiment with this. And I'll explain why in a moment. So the Kings need to move off this performance and get back on track quickly as they have some big games coming up starting this Tuesday, tomorrow. Uh, we're going to get more into that in just a moment. 
But first, I want to invite you to check out Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft, plus NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team. That is Locked On NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We had a listener ask on our feedback show last week if the Kings play to the level of their competition. And I said, not really. I think it was a mixed bag. Um, But if you are one that believes that they do, that game against the Flyers is some decent evidence that they do. But if the Kings do, in fact, play to the level of their competition, then I guess one good thing uh, about the upcoming schedule is that they're going to play some very good competition. Their next four games are going to be big games against some pretty big teams. Starting tomorrow on Tuesday, the Kings will host the first-place team in the Central Division, the Dallas Stars. They they follow that up with a trip, or excuse me, not a trip, uh, with a, another home game on Thursday against the top team in the NHL, the Boston Bruins. Saturday, the Kings will be in Vegas to take on the top team in the Pacific Division, the Vegas Golden Knights, who are going to be looking for some payback against the Kings. Of course, they lost to the Kings about a week ago, and they're looking to put a little distance between the Kings and themselves, as that'll be another battle of the top two teams in the Pacific Division. And speaking of the Pacific Division, a team that is trying to chase down the Kings, the Edmonton Oilers, who, of course, we saw in last season's playoffs, uh, will be coming to L.A. next Monday. And they're, they're they, along with Calgary and Seattle, are right there in the rearview mirror of the LA Kings trying to chase them down for a playoff spot in the Pacific division. So again, some really, really big, tough games coming up for the LA Kings. You've got three first place teams, one of them being the top team, in the NHL, and then the Oilers who are starting to play a little bit better of late with the always dangerous Connor McDavid leading the way coming to LA a week from today. So four very, very big, important games coming up. For the LA Kings, hopefully, again, they can put this loss behind them to the Flyers and show that good team all-around play that we saw against Colorado and Vegas in the two previous games before they took on Philadelphia. Uh, before we close out today's show, uh, I do have some things I want to tell you uh, that are coming up for tomorrow and also later in the week, but I did want to give a couple of shout-outs to a couple of listeners that I met uh, in the past few days. First off, I want to say hello and uh, nice to meet you to Jim and his wife, Fareed. Uh, Jim is Jim in Lakewood, who has emailed the show regularly. I uh, met them at the Kings Flyers game, and they could not have been nicer. Great to meet you guys. Uh, Jim has told me that he and his wife do watch the YouTube episodes together, which is awesome. I uh, also wanted to uh, say hi to Craig, who uh, spotted me at the Chargers-Rams game on Sunday and was nice enough to say that he really enjoys the show. Um, always interesting that when someone recognizes me, um, cause I'm mostly a radio guy and a podcast guy, but I do do the YouTube channel. So there's that, but, uh, I, I still am kind of taken aback when someone, uh, recognizes me. And it was funny that Craig's like, Hey, love the podcast. And I'm just like, Oh, oh thank you. And then we had a conversation and it was, uh, great to meet him. Uh, so, uh, again, great to meet Jim and Farid and Craig and I love meeting uh, listeners and fellow Kings fans and uh, have a quick chat with you guys. If you uh, ever go to an upcoming game, want to say hi, if you want to reach out on sending an email um, message, I'm not on Instagram much. I need to do a better job with that. But if you send a message there, I'll try and remember to check it a little more regularly, Uh, Twitter message, all that kind of stuff. So again, great to meet some of the listeners. Awesome to uh, for you guys to say some kind things and uh, thank you for watching and supporting the show. I do want to let you know 
what's coming up again tomorrow and hopefully later this week, um, which could include a special guest making a return appearance. But as, as always on a Monday show, I do want to check the Pacific Division standings as we start a new week. So the Vegas Golden Knights are still in first place in Pacific as they've been for most of the year. Record of 25-12-2 for 52 points. They're tied with Dallas for the most points in the Western Conference, tied for third most in the NHL. Then you've got the LA Kings currently in second place, 21-13-6 for 48 points. Third place right now is the Calgary Flames, but this has been a position that has been in flux. Third, fourth, and fifth have been exchanging hands almost on a nightly basis. But the Flames right now are in third. 18, 13, and 7, their record for 43 points. That's up one spot from where they were a week ago when we checked the standings. They're, they have two games in hand on the LA Kings to the Calgary Flames. Seattle has slipped down from a week ago from third to fourth. They have a record of 19, 12, and 4 for 42 points. Um, they have five games in hand on the LA Kings, so they have a chance to make up some ground going forward. The Edmonton Oilers also have 42 points, like the Seattle Kraken. Uh, they have a record of 20, 16, and 2. And again, only one point separates third from fifth in the Pacific. So again, win one game, lose one game, and you can move to, to uh, up two spots in the standings, which the Oilers did uh, the other day. But um, two games in hand for the Oilers on the LA Kings as well. Then you've got the bottom three, which are pretty much out of things at this point. Vancouver, San Jose, and Anaheim. Uh, the Canucks have 35 points, the Sharks 31 points, and the Ducks have 24 points. Only Chicago, fewer points in the NHL than the Anaheim Ducks. Um, we didn't have time to do it on today's show. Um, so on tomorrow's show, we will check in on what the Ontario Reign have been doing lately. Uh, we are going to check in on what Brant Clark and a couple other LA Kings prospects have been doing at the World Junior Championships. We, are, of course, are going to preview the Kings-Stars game on tomorrow's show. And um, because the game against Dallas is the 41st game of the season, 41 out of 82, Kings are at the halfway point. We're going to do kind of a mid-season report card on the Kings as well. Maybe answer some of the questions we had at the beginning of the season and see where the Kings stand now coming up on halfway through the NHL season. And along those same lines, I have reached out to LA Kings longtime TV analyst Jim Fox about coming on the show on Wednesday to talk about the Kings being at the halfway mark as well and his thoughts on the Kings' first half of the season um, we have exchanged some text messages, and it looks like we're just trying, trying to hammer out a time at this point. So it does look uh, encouraging that we will have Jim Fox on the show at some point this week, maybe on Wednesday's show. I'll let you know more, more about that uh, coming up on Tuesday's show. So looking forward to that. Any questions or comments about this show, uh, you can send, them, uh, send me an email. That's LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. Uh, locked on Eddie at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter. We are at locked on LA Kings and we went over a thousand Twitter followers uh, the other day at the Flyers game. Um, and I should have looked on my phone to give credit to that person. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to go on the fly right now and do that. By the way, as soon as I'm done recording this show, uh, I'm heading to the Rose Bowl to check out the uh, Rose Bowl game between Penn State and uh, Utah. I happened to get a free ticket and I haven't been to, I've been to the Rose Bowl. I've been to the stadium, uh, but I have not been to an actual Rose Bowl game. So I'm going to go check that out. And thanks to Austin, I guess it's spelled A-U-X-T-I-N and he's at I am Austin. Anyway, Austin, Austin, uh, Kings fan. Uh, thank you for being the 1000th follower on the, uh, on the Twitter account. Hey, thank you 
for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Uh, actually, it's Locked On NHL Prospects, which I'm excited about uh, to check out. Uh, it's your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL Draft, plus NHL Draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team. That is Locked On NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching this edition of Locked on LA Kings. Have a great day, and as always, go Kings go.